Matt Stepp, you told me in confidence that you're so tired of talking about those small schools that you just can't wait to start talking about the big schools. Well, here's your 5A preview, you big jerk. Let's talk about real football. <laughs> Step and step your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends or now perhaps enemies at Dave Campbell's Texas football and texasfootball.com. I am the Tep Greg Tepper. And I'm your frenemy, Matt Step. <laughs> Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. We love you very much. And welcome to your 5A preview edition of Tep and Step. We love uh, you, we, small schools. We, 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 we really do love you, small. We're just well, we, I mean, are you kidding me? Did you see that podcast we did last week on 4A and 3A? Like, <sighs> it was an hour and a half of. It was like, of, an, like an hour and 36 minutes. It was our so, ode to the, to, to the medium sized schools. Who else, who else is going to give you that? I'll tell exactly. you who. Uh, maybe our friends Grant and Terry over at Sideline to Sideline. But other than that. Yeah, other than those two guys, yeah. Other than them, like nobody. Nobody's yeah. going to do it. Yeah. Uh, this is your uh, 5A preview edition. We do thank you for being Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber. We're going to go region by region in 5A Division Two and 5A Division One uh, to get you ready for the football season, which is, uh, boy, dude, there are, like, we're recording this on Monday the 8th. Like, we're two and a half weeks away yeah, from kickoff. 17 days from the season opener. Uh, 17 days. A lot to get to. We will start as we always do, Matthew, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. Matt Stepp, since 5A became 5A, and what I mean by that is since the inception of 6A. You know what I mean? Like since what we presently know is 5A. Since 5A became 5A in 2014, there has only been one team that started the year number one that finished with a losing record in 5A, Matt Stepp. What team is that? Man, we had a, a number one team finish with a, a losing record? It's a big mess. <sighs> Man. This is tough. This has got to be... 2014 2015 what year what year was it it was 2014 okay okay and they were the number one team in 5a division two to start the year <sighs> okay okay the number one team in 5a division one was alito um and they went uh they went 15 and one man this is tough we I can't believe we had that big of a miss. Of course, I, were you were you were on the staff? You weren't the managing yes, editor. Yes, this is. Yeah, I was. Uh, no, I was the managing editor. Twenty fourteen oh, was my oh, first. No. Oh, it was my. Oh, it was no. technically my second season as managing editor. So this is. I have to wear this entirely. Oh no! Uh, I should go get the magazine. Look at it. Um, that's the twenty fourteen is the uh, Art Browse cover. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, this is I'm stumped. I don't know. The eventual state champion, of course, was Ennis, but the number one team in 5A Division II to start that year, Matthew, was the AM Consolidated Tigers, who finished five and six, going out in the first round of the playoffs with a fifty-eight to fourteen thumping at the hands of the Temple Wildcats. 
Wow. So there you have it. How how good was AM Consolidated? We must have AM Consolidated. Were, were they dropping down from it must 6A? Have been. That I must have been to... right when College Station was opening. And mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. we just didn't account. Maybe we just didn't account for how good that uh, College Station was going to be right off the jump and how much they would cut into Consol's talent. Now, now you got me looking to see what the 2013 AM Consolidated is. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. Um, Anim Consolidated in 2013 was uh, 10 and three. We were buying in on David Raffield's bunch. Yeah. Um, and I wonder they were they six A? I need to look at their, let me look at their schedule real quick. I, I wonder. Pull up their I wonder if they were six A in 2013 and then they and then they dropped down. They um, were. They were. They were. Yes. They were six A. They got to the third round of the playoffs. Ten win six A team. Yeah. Yeah. And they they lost to Lake Travis 21 to seven. In yeah, the third oh, round. I can absolutely see this like manifesting right now in front of my eyes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like, they, this is exactly, they, that's exactly how that happens. That yes. was a that was a good six. I mean, they lost to Austin Westlake. But their three losses that year were to Austin Westlake by six, the yep. Woodlands twenty four to seven, Lake Travis twenty one to seven. They beat Longview in the second round of the playoffs that year, and and yeah. and beat Westlake in the. They avenged the loss to Westlake in the first in, in yeah. the. Actually, I'm sorry, Tepper. This was a fourth round playoff team. They got to the. They were a. They, they must have had a game postponed or something. They, they regional, went to the regional, regional so final. It a six A regional final yep. was dropping down, but I th- I don't think we accounted for how much College Station was going to cut into Consoles. Obviously, Obviously. yeah. So, uh, that, uh, mea culpa there. I mean, I get it. You, you I'll, I, I'll I, don't, I don't think that's a big uh, as big of a miss looking back as you would think, just because of the circumstances. Yeah, but the circumstances don't. Don't uh, they don't show up in the magazine though? Uh, so mm-hmm. there you have it, uh, an inauspicious. Um, yeah, piece and there's of your look at the 2013 AM Consolidated Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for us. Thanks <laughs> for being Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Wrapping uh, up the podcast. Your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right, Matthew, it's time to start our 5A deep dive. Going to go uh, region by region each division. We're going to start in 5A Division Two. And 5A Division Two. if you were to open up the uh, 2022 Summer Edition Dave Campbell's Texas Football, heck, you don't even have to open it up. I guess oh. you technically just have to flip the cover over, um, and you will see the number one team in 5A Division Two, the South Oak Cliff Golden Bears, the defending 5A Division Two state champs, fresh off of Dallas ISD's first recognized state championship since 1958, their first uh, recognized UIL state championship since 1950. And... I'll just say this. I mean, obviously, there has been so much hullabaloo about and and well-earned hullabaloo about what South Oak Club did last year. Um, Maybe you haven't heard this before. And so I'll be the first to tell you, guys, they might be even better this year. I, I think on paper, they're better at every position but two going into the season. And there are two big positions, and there's question marks there. Yes, one's at quarterback, and one's at running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll find. I think South Oak Cliff will find a couple of guys to tote the mail, but we're going to see this year because Ke- Kevin Henry Jennings, who was the quarterback last year for South Oak Cliff, and is now at SMU, was such a special talent. He was talented, but he was also he had that he had that that no. that it that it factor that you can't really quantify when when it was third and seven he found a way to slip away and make a play keep his head downfield and throw it for nine yards in the first down he just had that knack and and that's gonna be, and that's gonna be hard to replace and, and the kid who does replace Kevin Henry Jennings 
he's got big shoes to fill, but he can't try to fill those. He's got to be himself. He can't try to mm-hmm. be Kevin Henry Jennings. He's got to be himself and be almost be a bus driver because I think everywhere else the Golden Bears are going to be better and have a chance to 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 pull off a repeat because they're going to be they're loaded at every other position. Yeah. They they bring back a ton. Like all these guys are back. Everything you need to know about Kevin Henry Jennings, you can find out by watching that opening drive against Liberty Hill, where I swear he converted 15 third downs and four more fourth downs. Yeah. And he was a stone cold killer. He was an assassin. And 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 the the moment was never too big for him. And now look, you know, the game changes for South Oak Cliff. They are no longer, you know, the underdog. They're the hunter, or they're yeah. the hunted rather. And yeah. and that changes things. Um, but I mean, you look on paper, they are absolutely loaded, especially they have nine starters back at, on defense on what yeah. was a special, special defense last year. Um, there's, there's, I, I, this is not hyperbole. There's secondary. And you, you put all these prep academies and people that, that, you know, pull recruits in from all over the country and play for them. Their their secondary pound for pound stacks up with anyone in the country. Like they, I think it's yeah. I think they've got they're going to have four or five Division One. They've already got three guys already committed to Division One. I mean, they they might have the best secondary in the country, and that's not hyperbole. Um. So so the, you look through our top five um here in in our um in the, the preseason Texas high school football rankings and Dave Campbell's Texas football number two is Lucas Lovejoy. Now Lovejoy is an interesting case because they were they they're in their own they're in the same region as South Oak Cliff. And you remember, go back to last year, the conversation we were having was, can Lovejoy be the Alito killer? Can they be the Alito slayer? They never even had to play them, but they ran to South Oak Cliff and South Oak Cliff wiped the floor of them. Yeah, um, South o- I was at that game and South Oak Cliff from the opening jump dominated. Now, now Lovejoy, well, you know, we'll, you know, we'll be honest. They, they were a little beat up going into that game. Yes. But I, I don't know if fully healthy they beat South Oak no. Cliff. Maybe, maybe it's a closer game, but South Oak Cliff was clearly the better team on that day. There was now, no letdown. Yeah. Yeah. Now, South Oak Cliff, I mean, excuse me, Lovejoy, talk about South Oak Cliff's second. Lovejoy matches up with South Oak Cliff because they've got three Division One receivers. Yes. They've got Lavender, um, Livingstone, Parker, and Living. Yeah, P- Lavender's committed to SMU. Parker's committed to LSU, and Livingstone has not committed yet, but has big time Division One offers. So they've got they've mm-hmm. got the personnel to challenge South Oak Cliff. Now South Oak Cliff also has the personnel. It'll be a fascinating matchup. Yes, and I think I, I almost think those two may cancel each other out. We'll have to see if they play in a hypothetical matchup. What happens? But I think Lovejoy does have the ammunition to challenge South Oak Cliff. And then there's and then there's Liberty Hill and Liberty Hill, of course, the the state runner up from a year ago. Um, they are man, they're so interesting because as just as a program, because you remember last year, last year the word on them was the defense is pretty loaded, but their offense has a lot of holes to fill. And this year it's the flip. Uh-huh. This year their offense brings back everyone, but like I want to say two offensive linemen, maybe. Um, yeah, they bring eight or nine back for sure. They're they're, yeah. they're if you thought their slot T was a machine last year, boy, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be all juniors. Yeah. All of them were juniors. Yeah. Um, now the defense does have to replace Andon Thomas and a lot of those guys that made that defense so good, but yeah, the have- defensive end who gave South Oak cliff a lot of, I think, I think he's at UIW now he gave, they had a defensive end. I can't remember his name, number 17, but he was a, a star in that game yeah. against South Oak cliff. Um, but the, you know, Liberty Hill is going to be back in the mix. Um, they're on that right side of the bracket there, you know, we'll get to get, get to region by region. And then there's region three and region three, um, is uh, the, the our top ranked team is Fort Ben Marshall. Now Fort Ben Marshall got uh, 
They got 10 and one last year. Mm-hmm. They did. Um, and, and in talking with James Williams at coaching school, um, the head coach there at Marshall, he said, you know, we, you know, we, we don't want those guys to forget what that felt like. And they bring back a, a team that, you know, look, I don't know if they have that single, you know, they, they, they've always got, you know, one of the things I think is the, the great misconception about, um, about fourth and Marshall is, is that they've just, they're just like, uh, they're just got so many dudes. It's like, they're just so, so athletic that they just outrun mm-hmm. people. I mean, they are exceptionally crisp. Usually, I mean, the thing that the thing that was so strange about their loss to Barbers Hill last year was just how sloppy they played. Because yeah. it's just so unlike them. Um, they will certainly have the playmakers this year. Jacoby Banks is back. Zachary Chapman up front is a monster. Uh, but you know, they're they're going to be in the mix as well, simply because of just how you know they they are on that level of programs in the Houston area that you just count on to be yeah. in the mix because of what that coaching staff. I, I, I think last year was an aberration. I think the new district where they have to play PNG, mm-hmm. Texas City, Needleland, they're going to be now playoff tested going into the playoffs, and I think that'll be big. And they won't get caught. I, I think you know credit to Barber Hills. Barber's Hill caught them with their pants down and took full mm-hmm. advantage of it. I don't think Fort Ben Marshall is going to get caught with their pants down because they're going to be ready come playoff time because of the district. The district's going to challenge them. So let's go region by region. There's one region you'll notice that we haven't talked about, and that is Region One. And Region One, uh, I think it's fair to say at the very top, got a facelift. Um, there's a lot of comings and goings in Region One of Five A Division One or Five A Division Two. Se- good, good segue. I like this segue. I, I, th- I think realignment did a real number on Region One. Yes. Uh, are, are, we, are we diving fully into Region One now? Let's we, do it. We, yeah, we, we're talking we're Region One. We're and, going, we're going and head first. We're going and, head first. And 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 if you, if the last time you paid attention to Texas high school football was um was at the end of last season, and you didn't pay any attention to realignment, and you're just now glancing at five A Division two Region One, I would say almost unrecognizable. Yeah, the first thing you notice is there's now only one El Paso district. You know, there were yes. two El Paso districts last time. They've condemned a lot of the uh, dis- schools in District 2, 5A Division 1, or Division 2, are now in Division 1, and several of the schools in 1, 5A Division 2 have moved down to Class 4A, which means basically they, the UIL took what was left in El Paso and kind of scrunched it into one district. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing you notice. The second thing you notice is the defending regional champion, Lubbock Cooper, is gone. Mm-hmm. Lubbock Cooper has moved up to Division One. Lots of growth in that area. Now, this this stay for Lubbock Cooper may be a short one in Division One because they've got a second high school coming online in the twenty twenty four realignment. But at least for the next two years, they're going to be a Division One school. So you take them out, and basically for the last four years, Region One has been Lubbock Cooper and Wichita Falls Rider. Yeah, those two battling it out. Rider is still there, still in the mix for the regional title, but they're they're their partner in crime, so to speak, who they've played eight times in the last four years <laughs> is now in division one. And, and just for funsies, Chip Darden and Mark Bindle decided to schedule each other in non-district this year. Did they so really? The, I yes. love that. I love yes. that for them. <laughs> yes. They're, they're playing in non-district. And so we'll, we'll get a ninth meeting of that to them. And then the other big news here is you have a second Metroplex district. So you mm-hmm. have district three and district four, which are Metroplex districts. I think the big news here is you have, Colleyville Heritage, a Division One school who's been in the regional final the last two years, dropping into District Four, and you have Argyle, a Class Four mm-hmm. A powerhouse, moving up into Class Five A into District Three. So, I think on the whole, Region One, top to bottom, despite losing Lubbock Cooper, I think is a better region overall. I think that you're right. I would also say this though, I if you're asking me where is the line that I would draw on 
where the contenders start and stop. I think we're. I think right now where I sit, I think three deep. I think there's three. I yeah, think in. I, I, I think in some order, it's Argyle, Ryder, and and Colleyville Heritage. I agree. I, I think those are your three contenders, but I think that second level of teams this year, mm-hmm. last year, it was pretty much a bloodbath. Oh, it's Lub- terrible. Lubbock, Cooper, and Ryder just blew everyone away, and it was it was it was fate they were going to play in the. Re- I think this year, I think the second tier has the potential to to spring an upset on the right day in the playoffs, and we're talking second tier teams: Kenny Teo, Abilene Cooper. Um, and Grapevine are kind of, yeah. for me, the three teams on that second level that if on the right day, if things break right, they can sneak up and bite one of those top three. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's right. Um, you know, th- to me, there it's, it's this is actually for all of the for all the change in this region. I feel like it's pretty well stratified entering the 2022 season. Um, let's talk a little bit about Argyle. Uh, of course, moving up kind of we knew this was coming. Um, back on Snapshot Day, we kind of knew it beforehand too. Just the growth in that area has been mm-hmm, has been mm-hmm. so big. Um, look, this is one of the very best, you know, most most decorated programs in Texas high school football over the last you know twenty years, basically. I mean, yeah. dude, Todd Rogers is two hundred and twenty one and thirty nine at Argyle. That seems That's good, crazy, and. You know, look, moving up's not easy, but I think they move up where I think when they move up, they're moving up in a place like with a roster that's going to be ready to compete because what's going to be the thing that's going to set them apart, especially the defensive front seven, they're going to be strong and they're not going to get bowled over like sometimes when you worry about teams moving up. They're going to be able to hold up up front with guys like Michael Madry and Riley Van Poppel, and that's going to allow them to at least compete in the early going for them. Yeah, I th- I think the biggest thing for Argyle in playing in five A is going to be just number one the guys the depth they got to build the depth that that's where I think their frontline talent is going to compete in class five A and most mm-hmm. and more than more they'll be more than capable of competing I think it'll be how how does Argyle look in week twelve week thirteen mm-hmm. you know when they're when they're getting pushed a little bit more. And not you know, their non-district schedule is tough too. They're they're open. They're they're not. I mean, they're playing Melissa to open the season. I think they have to play. Uh, they're playing Lovejoy in non-district. They're playing Montgomery. So they're playing some good people. So how, how does that grind of a full schedule where they're not going to be quite as dominant affect them when they get into those playoff showdowns with some of the elite teams in this region? Writer uh, is going to be really good as well. They're, they'll probably have the single individual best player in the region. Um, uh, oh no, L.J. Martin, a Canateo exists, but um, yes. but but Anquan Willis is a is a a, a a freak. He's a freak show. Texas um, Tech commit. He's committed yeah. to Texas Tech. Another it's, Joey McGuire get there. A two way starter there. Uh, they're going to be they're you know they're happy to just book their ticket to a regional final again if they would if they would like. Um, and then you know Colleyville Heritage is the real X factor because they're dropping down a classification after making a run to the to the to the regional final last year and and, and really playing Mansfield Summit tight in that regional final. Um, but they get hammered by graduation. I mean, yeah. clobbered. They feel uh, Heritage. You know, Kirk Martin's still there. They feel real feast or famine for me. Like if they fill those holes, like they're going to be right there in the mix, ready to contend for a regional championship. But if they don't, I could see them finishing, especially in district four with teams like grapevine. Uh, actually, I think that I, I see them finishing second behind grapevine. Most certainly mm-hmm. um, it like that to me, they're the real, they're the real wild card in that region. Yeah, I I think I, I think the variance of Colleyville Heritage is very high. I think that like high high ceiling, low floor. 
I, I agree, agree there 100%. Um, okay. I, I would, you know, Canateo is probably your sleeper in that region, in the region. Um, they got that guy. They, they have a singular talent, LJ Martin, the Stanford commit yeah. where it, you know, and if, if, if they're playing tough defense and they're, and they're, they're hanging around, they, they could, they could pull an upset because they, they play good defense and they've got that guy mm-hmm. in LJ Martin. Adeline Cooper to me is a real mystery. They yeah. traditionally have been very good. Um, and had the athletes to usually compete with some of the elite teams they've had the last couple of years they've struggled a little bit I think they this this could be a good group for them but they're, they're very senior heavy this year so if you're looking for like a sleeper I, I put Abilene Cooper as a sleeper and then if you're looking for like a real deep sleeper Frisco Memorial is another one that I think mm. Frisco Memorial is going to really benefit I think from this realignment and I think they have a chance to get their first ever playoff appearance and then you got I think Eric Mims and Amarillo Paladuro has done a really mm-hmm. good job there I think Paladuro has a chance to really benefit from this alignment. Maybe not be a regional contender this year, but have a chance to get into the playoffs and in the right first-round matchup, maybe get out of the first round of the playoffs. Lake Dallas is my sleeper. Uh, 18 starters back from a team that that looked like they were, I think they were getting stronger as the season went on, so keep an eye on them. Um, so they, there's Region 1. Over to Region 2, where our top two teams reside in uh, in South Oak Cliff and Lovejoy. We've talked a little bit about both of them, but let's talk about the team that I would categorize as the most disrespected team in Texas high school football. How about back-to-back state semifinalist Mansfield Summit picked third in their own region by those dummies at Dave Campbell's Texas football. What do they have to do, Matt? What, what? I mean, and they're dropping down a classification. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you, I've talked to some people close to the South Oak Cliff program, the one team that they, that, that they don't, that they're really, cause I, you know, they, they, they kind of have these known quantities in region two, you know, they, they kind of know what Lovejoy's got already kind of know what NS brings to the table already. They, they, they know what Texas high brings to the table mm-hmm. in district eight. I think the one team that they really, that intrigue, I don't want to say intrigues them, but has them a little like, what, what are we dealing with here is Mansfield summit. Yes. Because Summit has been a state that they're a team. Shannon Hall, the last two years, has had that team peaking right at the right time in the playoffs. And played Denton Ryan. They played Denton, two years ago. They 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 played the eventual state champion Denton Ryan to the mat last year in that in that semifinal. And then I thought last year against College mm-hmm. Station, they kind of had a slow start, but the last three quarters they were right there in that ball game. So they they showed they can compete at, at a very high level. So. Uh, they're not getting talked about a lot, and they probably now they summon again. They're another team. Got, they hit. They took some graduation losses. Yeah, but I think they've the last two years have built up some equity where you have to kind of put them in the mix. A lot of the question is for me is about quarterback because I thought David Hopkins was just a, such a wizard for them. He was so good with what they did. Uh, you know, they're bringing in the junior Joseph Williams. It sounds like he's going to be the guy. Uh, you know, stepping into to the to there. Uh, they do have uh, you do need to know this is just, you know, news you can use. They have a defensive lineman named Legend Journey. Um, I don't have any other uh, notes on him, but other than the fact that his name is Legend Journey. Um, He's probably but, awesome. I mean, but this is a team, but you're guess. right. This the, Here's the thing about Summit is that they followed the same script the past two years, which is they're going to take some L's mm-hmm. in the regular season. They will not. I'll go out on a limb and say they will not finish the regular season undefeated. Okay, I'm just going out there. I'm going to say they're not going to finish the regular season undefeated, but because they look, they have been in the semifinals the last two years, and they have nine losses the last two years. Like, but they they just get better as as the season goes on. And so I think that you're right. I think if you're talking about like the real crazy guy in the fight here that could really challenge South Oak Club, especially if they find a quarterback answer, it could be Summit. Now, now Texas High is interesting as well. 
Um, Texas High is a team that is going to lose a lot of the a lot of the stars. A lot of the star power is gone. You know, most noticeably Braylon Stewart, Brayson McHenry, and of course Derek Brown, and then their cornerback uh, Michael Thomas. But also a lot of the a lot of kind of the 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 unsung stars of this team: Brandon Childs, T.J. Gray, Ian Kreit. They're going to have an opportunity to step up. They've got a wide receiver named Cody Reese moving quarterback. If he steps up, then, then I think they could play spoiler in this region. But, um, you know, to me, look, you, you look at the top 20, uh, the top 20, there's seven teams in the top 20 when, when you add in Ennis, uh, Melissa, and, and Midlothian Heritage. That South Oak Cliff is and, and South Oak Cliff is going to get a lot of the a lot of the headlines. But I do think that this is a pretty deep region and they've got it. They've got to make sure that they watch out. I, I agree. This is a. You mentioned you mentioned Lovejoy. We've already talked about them. We talked about Mansfield Summit. We haven't even brought up Ennis. Ennis yeah. is going to be a team. They're always in the mix as well. I think Melissa is going to be a, a a thorn in the side. Marshall is always solid, and there there's some kind of teams lurking down there, kind of at the, at the second crest, you know, second tier. Midlothian Heritage, a four A powerhouse, moving up. I think I, I'm, this is not a homer pick. I think Everman's going to be pretty good this year. Here we that, go. you, you remember. They led South Oak Cliff in yep. the third quarter of that playoff game last year, so they, yes, they they're they're going to be in the mix. And if you want a real deep, deep, deep sleeper, keep Don't an eye on Mount. Is it Mount Pleasant? No, you're. I know you're okay. going to clearly love though. Here, yeah, I think Mount Pleasant's going to be a lot better this year. They're they're, yep. they're a deep sleeper as well. My sleeper is Woodrow Wilson. Okay, uh, dropping down from five A Division one to five A Division two. This is a playoff team a year ago. John Fish, uh, the former Lone Star assistant, former Bonham coach, takes over. Uh, they've got some dudes. They've got some cats. Deldrick Smith, Cyrus Taylor. Uh, they're going to be able to get out and run a little bit. I think they're going to be able to, to to cause some people some some fits and starts. But um, you know, look, this is a region that I feel like again, if you pay too much attention to South Oak Cliff and you're just like, oh, it's South Oak Cliff's region to lose, you may be missing the forest for the trees because this is a really deep and, and fun region that I think will come playoff time is going to have some fireworks. And and one, I'll just say this, one of those three teams, South Oak Cliff, Lovejoy, and Summit, they're going to get upset. One of them is. Like, one of them's going to going to get caught because this this team, this this region's got enough depth in it that somebody's going to get, somebody's going to get caught. Okay, let's matriculate over to region number three, which, again, like... Talk about a facelift. Uh, this whole region looks different. Uh, a lot of coming and going. But also, you've also got, you know, you mentioned with Fort Ben Marshall that the district alignments are so different that Marshall leaves that Houston ISD district where they were just beating people by 50 points by rolling out of bed every week. And now they go into a region that they go into a district that's going to challenge them at least two or three times. And they go into a region where they're going to have to fight every single yep. round. Like, whereas, you know, in past years, it's kind of been like Fort Ben Marshall and who can challenge them. Now yeah. it's like, all right, there's a lot of good teams here that are going to be able to, to, to take it to the Buffaloes. It's been kind of a cakewalk for them up to the third and fourth round of the playoffs. And so the reason why this, this region got such a shakeup is because you had basically Houston ISD completely their district completely has moved up to division one so that left a, a, a district hole and then the texas high district was mm-hmm. in region three and now the texas high district the east texas district has moved over to region two so you basically have two brand new districts uh in this region because now you have what what i would call one kind of golden triangle houston district one yeah. kind of brazos valley houston district then you go into Central Texas. You got District 11, which is kind of a Syntex district, and then District 12, 
is Austin ISD. So lots of changes here in Region 3. The makeup has significantly changed, and I agree. I I think there are some – you know, I think Fort Bend Marshall is the favorite going in, but I do think there's contenders – you know, starting with Texas in their own district, Texas, yeah. I think Texas city is going to be the stingerees are going to be really good this year. Yeah. I think they've got an opportunity to really make that 10 and two record kind of hold up, but, but that district, you know, between P and G Fort Penn Marshall and Texas city, uh, and then add in Nederland. Nederland is a program that, that, yeah, they, they, they're going to have some, a little bit of reloading to do, but I think they're going to be, they're going to be pretty dangerous. I actually think that if there is a real threat to Fort Bend Marshall in Region Two, Region Three rather, it may come from the Greater Austin area, because I think you've got District Eleven. You know, D- District District Eleven is kind of a weird mishmash of teams. Um, you know, Belton is in there. You know, you know, Pflugerville Connolly. Like it's Austin-ish, killing Chaparral, right? It's kind of Central Texas, Austin, etc. Uh, but Leander Rouse is the team that I, I look at as being very dangerous moving over from region four, um, you know, where they remember they were a team that that kind of went for for about two and a half quarters, went toe to toe with Liberty Hill. Uh, you know, their offense is going to fly. They bring back 10 starters on defense. I think Rouse is a problem. And then there's the question and we've been getting we've been getting chirped at on Twitter about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There is, of course, a team that played for a state championship in this region. There is. Austin yeah. LBJ. Yeah, I, I uh, think I think they're going to be a contender. I think personally, I like Belton a lot. I think mm-hmm. Belton this year dropping down from 6A, that senior class that Belton has is still basically has 6A numbers. So yeah. they got this one year in 5A where they're basically playing 5A with a senior class that's got six, eight numbers. I think Belton's going to be a, I think Belton and Rouse are going to be one, two in that district. I think both of them are going to be uh, significant challengers to uh, Fort Ben Marshall. LBJ, I, obviously dropping, moving up mm-hmm. from four, a division one. The thing that we always worry about with LBJ, especially in class five, a mm-hmm. is their depth. They don't have a lot of numbers and that, that depth. They've had a lot of coaching turnover this off season as well. A lot of the assistants have moved on to other roles. Um, so Jamal Finner's got his work cut out for him because of the turnover, losing a good senior class, and the, the numbers issue. Playing in, playing 5A football, especially complete. I think LBJ and district play is going to be fine. They're just so much better than mm-hmm. – McCall- McCallum will be the one game, kind of like Sock and Dallas ISD yeah. where they got the Woodrow-Wilson game. McCallum will be that game for, for LBJ. But then come playoff time, they're not going to be, you know, the, the it's going to they're going to jump out of the gate and play good people right away in the playoffs. And I, I just don't know if they can handle that grind if they get to the third or fourth round. If they're going to have much left in the tank. Two more thoughts on Region Three before we leave it. One, we haven't talked at all about District Ten, but District Ten is I want to I, I, I view it as super tightly packed. I think yeah. the difference between number one, which we have Huntsville, and number six, Lamar Consolidated. I think that's like 10 points, like a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think you it's can, really tight. I think you can make a case for uh, Randall. Randall's going to be good, but they, they're going to need a year of seasoning. Keep mm-hmm. an eye on Richmond Randall next year. But this mm-hmm. year, one through six, you know, if, if, if you told me Lamar Consolidated was going to win, if you if you put me in a time machine and, and fast forward to me to November and say, hey, Lamar Consolidated won 10, 5, 8, 2, I'd be like, well, doesn't yeah. surprise me that much because no. – those six are just so tightly matched. Who did who did who did Lamar beat last year? They beat somebody. They had like a big like kind of upset win. I can't remember who it was. I want to um, say it was a Fulcher? 
might have been Fulcher, somebody. Um, but anyway, I would also say that there's two there's two pretty intriguing newcomers in talent rich areas, Killing Chaparral and you and the aforementioned Richmond Randall. Uh, Richmond Randall, of course, coached by Brian Randall. It, it's it's named after his dad. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I, and I think you're right. That that is a futures play. Um, keep keep that in your back pocket. Those are talent rich areas with good coaching staffs that they're going to be good, but probably not in 2022. Probably not you know contenders. Yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take especially Chaparral. I, I th- Alan Hare is a builder, but he's gonna need a couple. He's gonna need one full realignment cycle, I think, to get Chaparral off the ground. So over to Region Four we go, and Region Four has been uh, you know we we worried uh, a realignment ago. When Liberty Hill moved up, okay, like, are they going to be able to contend at 5A? Well, yeah, they've been just fine, thank you very much. They've done uh, okay. Uh, semifinal appearance and then a state championship game appearance. Um, now, they enter into Region 4 this year with a little bit, I would say, uh, I would say the same chief challenger, in my opinion, in Alamo Heights, who gave them everything they wanted last year, and a fresh crop of kind of invaders into region Uh four Uh that are going to be able to give them some trouble that for Liberty Hill, I do think they're the favorite in region four, but I think it's definitely deeper than it has been. Yeah. There's more quality depth in all the districts. I think of, you know, the one district that maybe doesn't have the real quality depth is maybe district 16. Yeah. But you know, I think mission vets is, is, is the team to beat mission vets. I don't think it's at the, at the level they were when they had Landry Gilpin. So and Sherry Land and Pioneer have traditionally been strong out of the Valley, but both of them are kind of in transitional phases right now. So I, I think the depth across the board is much better. And, and primarily for me, the depth is because of the two division one drop downs in the coastal bend. Yes. I think Gregory Portland and flower bluff two te- they played each other for the regional title last year in division one. Mm-hmm. Like, or I think they played in the regional semifinals, regional maybe, semis, yeah. and then and then Flower Bluff beat Veterans Memorial in the regional final. But Flower Flower Bluff won Region Four last year in Division One, mm-hmm. and they're dropping down. They're going to be a problem. Brent Davis, I think, in his first year at Gregory Portland, far exceeded the expectations that anyone had. Talking to most Wildcats fans, they they thought twenty twenty two was going to be the year Gregory Portland got it turned around, and they were way ahead of schedule last year. So there are a couple of teams that uh, District Fifteen to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, Alamo Heights is interesting to me once again. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Ron Ridman doing that thing again. Um, you know, uh, he, he's twenty and four in 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 two years there. That's uh, the 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 man knows how to coach. He's a he's a coach. He's a football coach and Jack, and they're going to be really good. I think, especially defensively. Um, Tommy Colligan at the at the linebacker spot, uh, and they'll be able to run the ball uh, pretty well. This is gonna. There's an Alamo Heights team that I think. Uh, is going to be is going to be dangerous. Uh, you know. Now let me let me just open this. I think San Antonio Veterans Memorial is interesting as well. Uh, as, as, another Division One drop down. Yeah, another drop yeah. down. Um, let me ask you a question. So so for those who don't know, there has been a rule change in the uh, that the UIL uses NCAA rules. The NCAA passed a rule this year that says uh, or that uh, that cut blocking uh, is not allowed in the tackle box. They are not allowed to cut block in the tackle box. Um, do you think? That it do you think that that brings Liberty Hill back to the pack a little bit in Region Four because this is a slot T team and slot T teams and and Liberty Hill especially they cut block a lot. Do you yeah. think that that is gonna that do you think that's gonna have any sort of tangible effect? Yes, I think it hurts them. 
Now, yeah. they're still going to be really good, and they're still going to be able to put up a lot of points. They're going to run the football, but I just it doesn't help. I can put it that way. It does not help their cause. There's a reason that the slot T coaches were all up in arms when this rule change was first discussed and, and eventually brought in it because it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt them. So yes. I, I definitely think there is an impact there for – for Liberty Hill, a negative is, impact. Yes. Um, okay. So there's region two. Let's get some, Oh my God, we're 35 minutes in. Uh, can you give me uh, your regional picks and your state champion? Uh, region one, give me Wichita Falls rider over Colleyville heritage. Uh, region two, I'm going to go South Oak cliff over Lovejoy. Uh, region three, I am going to go with Fort Ben Marshall over Texas city. And Region 4, I'm going to go Gregory Portland wow. over Liberty Hill. Whoa, okay. Give me, in maybe one of the most fun state championship games ever, South Oak Cliff over Fort Bend Marshall in the state championship Holy game. crap. Dude, that would be, first of all, it would the half, be... The halftime shows will be really epic for that game. Uh, from a recruiting perspective... Like holy cow, these guys yeah, are like like all like Mike Roach and Hudson Standish and, Gabe, and all the Gabe, Gabe Brooks. They'll, yeah, they'll be they'll be twenty twenty five Division one players. Oh the, my god! The only game I mean, when the first dunk, I think I counted this. The, the first Duncanville North Shore game, the Hail Mary game. Mm-hmm. I want to say there were like thirty five or thirty six division future Division one players in that game. This South Oak Cliff and Fort Ben Marshall from a five A per, per capita five A level might will will rival that for sure. Jeez. Yeah. All right. I am going to follow a similar path, although I think I like I'm going to go chalky and I'm going to say Argyle makes the leap to 5A division to 5A and and wins region one. Although I do think Ryder is very dangerous. Um, Region two, I'm going to go with South Oak Cliff. Region three, I'm going to go with Fort Bend Marshall and region four. I'm going to stick with Liberty Hill. I'm going to stick with Liberty Hill. And I think you have. I, I like South Oak Cliff to win the state championship. M- man, Marshall and Liberty Hill is a weird game to call. It is. Because um, it reminds me a lot of South Oak Cliff and, 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 and Liberty Hill. Um, I think I'll go Fort Ben Marshall over... Yeah, I think I'm going to go Fort Ben Marshall uh, over Liberty Hill in the semifinal, and then I'll go with uh, South Oak Cliff over Fort Ben Marshall in the title game. But I that that's pretty tough to call. Um, anyway. That's that's five A Division two, and it's got me. It's got my wheels turning because I could also see. I guess, man, I think a Ryder South Oak Cliff semifinal would be fun. I could get yeah. down for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then I think Summit. I think you're right. I think Mansfield Summit's the real. I think the real party crasher here. They're the fly in the ointment for sure. Exactly. Look, looking at a potential third round matchup, South Oak Cliff and Summit. All right, Matthew. On to Region. Or 5A Division One, we go, uh, where we will talk a little bit about the overall look of 5A Division One, and, and and from a realignment perspective, I think the real headline here is that Region Two. You remember in the last alignment, Region Two was just a wood chipper. It was just the most insane group of contenders all piled into the same little clown car, just all beaten up on one another. And region two, I think that this alignment spread out the contenders a little bit more. Uh, that's not to say that there's not going to be great games in the second and third round of the playoffs, but I do think that those days of having like two top 10 teams playing in the second round of the playoffs are probably gone away now 
uh, yeah. simply because that I think that I think the UIL not by not on purpose, but I think that they that the way that alignment fell this year, it did kind of spread out the contenders a little bit more, scatter them across regions one, two, and three instead of kind of consolidating them all in region two. Agreed. I don't think we're going to have a College Station Lone Star second round matchup like we had last year. No, no, nothing like that. So it's going to um, be. I, I think it's going to be fun. I think there's a lot of really interesting things that that took place because of this realignment, and I think as we get into the regions. We're going to get a little bit more into it. But the biggest news, I mean, the, the defending state champion, Katie Pato, is no longer in Class 5A Division One. They are now, uh, much like Shadow Creek, two year, two, uh, the last realignment, moves up to 6A right after winning a state championship. And comfortably 6A. Comfortably, comfortably 6A. Yes. Uh, uh, again, for the second time, yeah. Pay- Shadow Creek was comfortably 6A. Pato was comfortably 6A. The number one team in 5A Division One, perhaps you've heard because you've just heard uh, John King, you know, cursing at me is uh, the Longview Lobos. Uh, we are believers in the Lobos, and and I've said this on interviews before, so I apologize for anybody who's just a big fan of my work and hears my interviews all the time. Um, this feels like a Longview team that is good at all the normal Longview things, except that, that you, you, you took that same truck, which is all reliable, and you put a Hemi in it. And and this is a souped up Longview team that I think has an opportunity to be really special. They've got the guy. They when they won the state championship in 2018, they had mm-hmm. the guy at quarterback in Haynes King. They they had the other Longview parts that they normally have: tough defense, yes. good running game, solid up front, really fast in the secondary. But then they had the difference maker at quarterback. Well, the difference maker this year is that receiver, which is a little bit different makeup because they've got to have somebody get him the football. But if they can get him the football, they've got that difference maker out wide in, in, in Jalen Hale. So um, I think obviously this Longview team, uh, they played, they have 40 lettermen coming back. That's very, that's not typical of Longview. They've got 40 lettermen back. This, the senior class is loaded with a lot of high end talent. And the class behind them, this junior class, a lot of them played as sophomores last year. It's got a lot of depth and a lot of really good high school players. Maybe not the five-star, four-star kids. they got a lot of kids who are probably going to be playing FCS, G5 college scholarships mm-hmm. when they graduate in two years. So it gives them a nice balance as a team. Yeah, this this Longview team. I I just the more I look at them, the more I really like what they bring. They bring back nine starter or eight starters back on defense and six on offense. Um, you know, and 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 the other th- here's the other thing about it. The other thing about them, and, and and this is just a matter of of knowing people and being able to read them. When we talk with Longview people and folks on the Longview staff, they are kind of universally just kind of sandbaggers. Mm-hmm. Um. But at coaching school, in talking with not John King, John King is his own animal, right? But in talking <laughs> with like assistants and people around that program, you kind of they kind of do that thing where they kind of look at like kind of turn their head to the side, kind of look at you out of the side of their eye, and kind of nod really quickly and go, "Yeah, we we might have something." Yeah, that yeah. should be sending up flares. Like, I mean, I, I'll say it now that we've already put the. I talked to John King, and in it was right right after I, I had gotten out of the hospital and was kind of. Uh, oh, he, he gave me a call to check on me and we talked for a little while and he told me back in late February, he goes, Steph, we're going to be pretty good. 
John yeah. King just doesn't say that. He, no. he, he, so I was like, and I think I, I, I literally think I picked up the phone and called you right away and said, yeah. Longview's got to be number one. John King says it's going to be pretty good. So, I mean, it was, it was kind of, it's all, they're confident over there and, and rightfully so. They, they should be, they have a chance, and, they, this has a chance to be a special team. And this would be a different, and maybe this would be a different conversation if the aforementioned kind of clear out of region two hadn't happened. They won't have to go through, still a very tough region we'll get to in a moment, but they won't have to go through the wood chipper that they would have had to go through in the last alignment. Let's get to region by region. And we'll start with region one, where you find the number two and the number three team in the state. Uh-huh. Uh, and and uh, surprise, we all open up that realignment package. And district three, five, a division one. Get your tickets right now. Yeah. Denton Ryan and Alito going at it in uh and and not only I mean, there's other teams and we'll we'll talk about a lot of teams in this region here, but like it may be the first of two meetings. And it's a strong strong possibility. And these are these are two teams, of course, Alito moving up from five A Division Two. Um, but Ryan uh, Ryan's actually got a fair. I, I like what they bring back offensively. A lot of attention is going to be paid to who they've got defensively, most notably the five-star Anthony Hill. Where did mm-hmm. he commit? He's, he's an A&M commit, right? Yeah, he committed to A&M. Yeah, um, the A&M commit. Um, he's a star, but I think their offense has a chance to take a nice step forward this year. And if they do that, watch stinking out because last year you remember, at times they won in spite of their offense, but like this year the offense could really, I think, shine this year for Ryan. Yeah. I think Denton Ryan more. This has never been a team that's had a ton of depth. I think it's going to even be more evident this year. Frontline talent is absolutely there, but I think the drop off from that frontline talent to that second tier is is steep this year. This is not a deep team, and this is very, this is a team that if they're going to make the run that they think they can make, it's because their headliners, their top four or five guys, those those dudes that they have are going to carry them uh, carry, carry them this year. I, I think that's the the difference in this Ryan team this year, which has me co- concerned. I think they're good enough to 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 win the region, but I just I don't know if they're good enough to take that next step this year because I don't know if they're they're deep enough. Alito's got questions this year. I think primarily at running back. I don't I don't know who's going to carry the ball for the Bearcats yeah. this year. I think they're going to be very solid every, everywhere else. Not quite as dynamic offensively. Yeah. They, I don't think they have the skill players that they've had when they've really been vintage Alito. That's that's the concern I have about Alito. Is I, I think their depth is going to be fine. They've got enough kids. They're going to be fine in the trenches. They're going to be fine uh, everywhere else. But I don't know if they had that headline talent uh, to get them over over the top, especially on the offensive side of the ball. We'll one see. of the qu- one of the questions I have about Alito, and this might be the first time in a million years anyone's ever said this, I have some questions about Alito's offensive line. Yeah, I don't, um, I, don't, I don't think I've ever said that. I mean, they that's been, one area you just you just know Alito's no, gonna be really good. Like up they're front. gonna yeah. be just fine, but they got hit hard uh, by graduation. Uh, I think I think they lost one of the most underrated players in the state of Maddox Epperson, their 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 center last year, mm-hmm. um, and and they have to replace a lot of that offensive line. Um, and maybe look, there's everyone's gonna be paying attention to Ryan and Alito. My sleeper in the regions in that district, dude. I think Burleson Centennial. Oh, I'm, you got me. 
I'm yeah. buying in, man. I am Burleson in. Centennial, number one, they run the flex bone, and that's yes. a, they are a pain in the butt to get ready for. they got a three-year starter at quarterback in Phillip Hamilton. They've got some front-end talent, really dynamic skill talent. And when Burleson – Alito does not intimidate Burleson. Burleson Centennial, when they've been in the same district with Alito, has gone toe-to-toe with Alito. They're, gonna, they're, they're not going to be scared when the black and orange come out. Burleson Centennial is really a team to watch. they, they got a ton of experience back. A lot of three-year starters. Keep an eye on the Spartans. I 100% agree with you there. And then let's talk a little bit about, I would say, the most difficult-to-project district, at least in 5A Division One, and that's District 2. Because <laughs> we I, – I, I'm serious. Where – who in 2-5A who in who in Division One are you pretty sure is not going to win the district? Because, like, if you told me, like, Monterey, like, hey, you know what, first year under Judd Thrash, and by the way, that offense really took off, and uh, and they just hauled off, and by the way, they're the I think they're the biggest team in that district, so they should have, mm-hmm. theoretically, the best depth. Like, if they hauled off and won the district, wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Caprock Cap, might surprise yeah, me. Caprock would be the only one that would, would, I would be stunned. Uh, Monterey, I would classify as a surprise. Yeah. Caprock, I'd be stunned. Uh, but one through, like, one through five, oh, man. Tell, me, tell me how you pick... So here's the funny part is in the magazine, we have Lovett Coronado finishing fifth, which DJ yes. Mann chirped about that. Here's, he, t- he told us that he picked up the magazine, he opened it up, and then he threw it on the floor and he didn't yeah. read the rest of the day. Uh, in my personal predictions, I have Lovett Coronado finishing first. <laughs> so but that ought to tell you everything you need. This district, there's going to be a really good team miss the playoffs. Yes. And, yes. and I – I'll tell you, who I have in fifth personally, I don't know who we have. Is we, we have Coronado we in have the Coronado magazine. Fifth. We, in the magazine, we have Tascosa, Abilene, Lubbock, Cooper, Amarillo, and Coronado. Okay, we, I have I have Lubbock Cooper missing the playoffs. That's a semifinalist in five A yeah. Division two, flat out missing the playoffs. We got Amarillo. We're both we both kind of think Amarillo. We got them in fourth. Mm-hmm. I got Coronado one, Abilene two, Tascosa three. Amarillo four, Lubbock Cooper five. So this district is going to be a ton of fun because every week those games are going to be big. You, you and we'll, I'll have to call Coach Meeks there at Lubbock ISD and find out what the tiebreakers are in this district because mm-hmm. I think I think that, that they're, we're going to have to bust out a tiebreaker to, to determine a playoff spot in this district. And, and then, and, and I promise you we'll move on out of Region 1 because we do have three other regions to talk about. There's a but, lot to talk about in this region. There's a lot know, going on. Because, like, with all due respect to our friends in El Paso, I don't think this is the year for an El Paso team to make a run. I like Del Valle to win the district, but I also think it's pretty well clumped together. It's them or Parkland um, to win the district. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't see any of these teams. There's no threats. I mean, no. you know, honestly, El Paso might get swept in the first round. It might, it might especially especially going up it, against District 2. Exactly, yeah. But then you have District 4. And this was a this was a, a past Texas High School Football Fun Fact of the Week. It's the only district in the state, 11-man, where there was only one playoff team. This is a nine-team district, but only Midlothian made the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. And so... Between them, Lake Belton, who is a real sleeper, um, uh, mm-hmm. Red Oak, Killeen Shoemaker, Killeen Ellison, Killeen Kleber, and Granberry and Waco, which, oh my gosh, is Waco happy with realignment? I'll like, tell you what, Waco, they're not going to make the playoffs, I don't think, but they might, they, they will be the, one of the state's most improved teams this year. They're, they're gonna, uh, Waco's going to win four or five games this year. Watch. Um, just simply because they're in a, in a, in a much better They're not playing Duncanville and DeSoto and <laughs> Cedar Hill anymore. You know? Exactly. 
Um, this is going to be region district four, uh, like Midlothian's the early favorite. And this was a good team that peaked late last year, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but this is a real wild card district there that, yeah. you know, I know you and I are both pretty high on what Brian Cope's got cooking at Lake Belton in a first mm-hmm. year program, but mm-hmm. man, I could see, I could see Red Oak hauling off and having like an eight win year. Remember, Tepper, we watched Red Oak at seven on seven, and when they when they come walking up, I said they, that looks like Red Oak from two years ago. They look, mm-hmm. they look, they, they look the part. They're going to be really good. Shoemaker dropping down from six A with a ton of a ton of experience coming mm-hmm. back. I think Shoemaker is going to be a problem. And don't forget, Colleen Ellison last year beat Liberty Hill in non district. Colleen Weird, Ellison like, is yeah, was like twelve to seven. Yeah, Colleen Ellison is a team to not not play like they 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 could be a spoiler as well. So this is a. Uh, it geographically is a weird district, and I think it, there's some. There, there, this is going to be a weird district to watch, just to see how this mishmash of teams comes together. So on to Region Two. On to Region Two. That's where the number one team in the state, Longview, uh, resides. There in Region Two. Um, now we've talked at length about them, and we talked about how Region Two did kind of get cleared out a little bit. Uh, that's not to say it's devoid of contenders, because. There's certainly a lot of teams to like, including four of the top ten reside mm-hmm. here. Um, and really, it kind of seemed like what they did was that they that that, that DFD, or rather the UIL traded out the Brazos Valley and kind of that part of the world, and and kind of sent. And instead, they said, "All right, what if we go more Houston way?" Mm-hmm. And I think dropping in, you know. Uh, uh, the Crosby and Port Arthur Memorial and Barbers Hill and dropping them into region two. I'm not certain. Okay. Region two is not as much of a wood chipper as it has been in past years, but it's not going to be some sort of cakewalk for long. No. And and there's heavy travel in district seven and district number one, district seven, you go from McKinney to Lufkin. That's a huge swath of real estate there. And then by district, you know, getting getting one of those top two seeds in both of these districts is going to be key because you don't want to. If you're in District Eight, you don't want to have to come all the way up to East Texas in the Metroplex mm-hmm. to play a by district game, and then vice versa. You don't want to be a Metroplex or East Texas team have to go all the way into Houston to play a first round playoff game. So, uh, seeding is going to be huge in these two districts to get those those top two seeds and host a first round playoff game. Definite uh- home field advantage. Oh, I think you're right. District 7 is, in my opinion, the the power nexus here. I think you've got three of probably the top seven or eight teams, maybe maybe even six teams here in that, that district. Longview uh, and then Tyler. And then you add in, like, look, um, kind of like what we were talking about with Fort Ben Marshall. Fort Ben Marshall gets moved out of that Houston ISD district that they were just mollywopping. Kind of same thing with Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Lancaster... Yeah had been in that district with Dallas ISD and just clobbering them. I mean, just no contesting them. And so, but then they get into the playoffs and they run into who they lose in the second round. Uh, oh, they lost to, they lost to, they lost to Longview. Longview. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like, oh, this is the best team you've seen in three months. Mm-hmm. And I think being in a tougher district, Leon Paul, second year coach there, I think I think that's going to do them some good, and I I like what Lancaster brings as a potential spoiler in in that District Seven Five A Division One. Absolutely, they're, they're they're talented. They got they got 
they got dudes all, all over the place. So, you know, the problem for Lancaster, for me, at least this year, is they have to go to Longview and they have to go to Tyler. Ooh, and Rickland yeah. Holmes at Tyler's got a veteran ball club. Yep. Having to play them at Rose Stadium is going to be a big chore for Lancaster. So, um, now Lancaster's going to be tested. They got they got South Oak Cliff and Denton Geyer in non-district. So, they're going to be battle-tested when they get into this district. But having to make those two trips out to East Texas, I, I think, I think will be a little too much for them to overcome, but, but they're going to be, I'll tell you what, whoever draws from district eight, whoever draws Lancaster in the first round of the playoffs is going to be like, really? We got to play yeah. these guys in the first yeah. round. Exactly. Right. Um, let's talk about another top five team in this region. And that's Frisco Lone Star. Frisco Lone Star is a team that is going to be, um, it, this is a lot more worker B. Um, because if you take a look at what they're losing, I think you'd kind of ins- like you look at just just the players lost category on the questionnaire, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, oh well, they're going to take a big step back. Garrett Rangel is gone; he's been there 455 years of eligibility. Uh, Ashton Genty, who was such a dynamic playmaker for them, he's off to Boise State. But I think that the bones of this team are really strong, especially on the defensive side. I think they've got an opportunity to be really good, very fast defensively. And, uh, you know, in that kind of now all Frisco ISD district minus Sherman, um, I think they've got an opportunity to really to really clean up and, and really be dangerous and, and maybe even establish themselves as the chief challenger to Longview in, in Region 2. I think there's a chance that this senior class, they're going to have to rely heavily on this group of seniors because, you know, Frisco opened up a new school in Panther Creek, and Panther Creek is pulling a lot of Lone Star's lower-level kids. So so I think they're, the depth for Lone Star, especially in, in the freshman and sophomore classes, isn't going to quite be there. So for me, this might be Lone Star's last real push for a while. So mm. if they're going to get it done, I think I think it's going to have to be this year. But, you know, I think District 6, posed, you know, Wakeland, Look what mm-hmm. Wakeland did. Like, they got to the third round of the play. They beat Highland Park last year, so yes, they did. like they're going to be a challenge. And so I, I think I, I think Lone Star is going to going to they're going to be pushed. I think in, inside of the district because they just like I said they don't have the playmakers the 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 headliners that they've had in the past. So I think it makes their path a little bit more interesting for sure. Um, and then there's and, and so we've talked about every district except District Five. So we might as well close it out. Uh, Mansfield Timberview, like an, it's another Mansfield team that's just going to take a few losses in the regular season and then they're going to like howl at you in the playoffs. There's a Timberview team moving up from Five A Division uh, Two, uh, you know, making a leap. They've got some playmakers that I really like. Uh, their offensive line is going to be excellent. Uh, uh-huh. They just uh, Jordan Sanford just com- the the defense back just committed attack. Um, they have an offensive ju- lineman committed to Texas. Like they're yeah. they're they're strong. This they're, this district is an odd mission. You got you it got. Is. It looked like the UILs kind of took whoever was left in the Metroplex and just kind of mat- mushed them together with yeah. Mansfield, Birdville ISD, Carrollton ISD, and Dallas ISD kind of all in this weird mishmash of teams. I think Richland is probably the chief challenger to Timberview in this district, but I, I think Timberview is going to mm-hmm. walk through this district. Uh, pretty much unchallenged. I tend to think that you're right. Um, all right, let's flip sides of the bracket and go over to Region 3. And in Region 3, um, if there is a region... Now, part of it is that last year, Region 1 of, of 5A Division 1 was was relatively weak. Um, so they that certainly got stronger with the additions of, of, of Ryan and, and Alito, um, plus you know a team like Abilene. Uh, I would say that if there was a district or a region that went from, oh, hey, pretty good to um, just you know, murder machine, region three um, 
goodness gracious, <laughs> you add in like you add in the the Brass Valley teams to Manville, you get a Smithson Valley team, and it's such a strange cross regional group of teams that again a lot of travel involved. But this is going to be such an interesting mix of regions that uh, that you get in the first round, first, second round of the playoffs, and these teams are never going to have heard of the, each other, basically. Yeah, you got a little Houston, a little Brazos Valley, a little Austin, a little San Antonio in this in this region. It's a it's a and I think part of what happened was region four with the expansion in in with the Rio Grande Valley going to two districts, I I think that has really that, that pushed San Antonio a, a full district into region three. So it changed the dynamics completely of things. So the 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 I mean, I guess you kind of don't know. I, to me, okay, so we'll do the same thing that we did in, in 5A Division Two, Region 1, which is where do you draw the line of contenders? Right now where I sit, I think it's four. I think it's okay. four deep. In some sort of order, the pair of AM Consolidated and College Station, Manville, and Smithson Valley strike me as the real contenders there. But again, much like we were talking about 5A Division Two, Region 1, there's a really nice undercard of teams that mm-hmm. are going to be capable of, of, of spoiling someone's season. And I, I think if you're looking for – and I agree 100%. The four teams, top four to me are, are those four you mentioned. But I, I think if you're looking for an a, a undercard team that could push and challenge, I really like Angleton this year. I think Angleton is going to be a real – Real thorn in people's sides in District Ten, and I, you know, Manville's got a lot of questions. I, it would not sh- stun me if, if Angleton won the district. Keep an eye on the Angleton Wildcats this year; they're going to be a really good team. Manville opens up the year against Shadow Creek. We'll, we'll really learn a lot about them mm-hmm. early on because they're going to be. They are. I mean, Manville always gets hammered by graduation. Graduation, excuse me, but like especially so this year. They got, they, got, they got a double whammy with graduation and another school opening yeah, up with Iowa exactly. Colony opening up. So they got a double. And I know, I know Iowa Colony pulled a lot from Shadow Creek, but they did pull some some more from Manville as well. Um, College Station and AM Consolidated are going to duke it out in District 11. But I also think that C, like that district, again, kind of that weird Austin Brazos Valley area district with Georgetown, Cedar Park, and then those two teams. You know, College Station has Marquise Collins back, but that's the thing is that like this is they're kind of like the opposite of what we were talking about with Frisco Lone Star. Frisco Lone Star is kind of going to be all the worker bees are back, but the stars are gone. With College Station, it's kind of the reverse in the sense that like you've got the superstar, you've got Marquise Collins, but Everyone else kind of needs to be replaced. The offensive line needs some retooling. The defense needs to need some need some pieces. Um, You're replacing a three-year starter at quarterback yeah. and a head coach. You got a new head coach as well. I know. So I, I don't know. Like I I, I I understand why we put College Station as high as they did, but I, I you can't say you're without questions. And nope. call Anum Consolidated moving down. You know you know uh, you know moving up from five A Division two. Um, I think they've got an opportunity to really ruin their their you know their their but their their Brazos Valley buddies uh, season. Yeah, they, right they, there. they haven't played their, they haven't played college you know they haven't played college station in, for at least four years. So yeah. I, I think they're chomping at the bit to renew that rivalry within because there there is a rivalry inside of college station between those two schools. Yes, there most certainly is. If you're looking for a very deep sleeper, deep 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 sleeper, um, buy a little bit of stock. In what Galveston Balls got cooking, I think I think the cores are going to be. In, I think they're going to be better. 
I think they're taking a step forward. They bring back seven starters offensively. They're going to be really dynamic in the passing game. I and think they're going to be dangerous. did them a lot of favors. Yes. They're, 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 in a, they, they, they're, they're the favorites to win District 9. Yes, and I think that they're a team to keep an eye on there uh, You know that could, could, could be very good, and if they peak late, then they could, they could cause some problems for people. Okay, over to Region 4. A, a positioning statement I will offer to you, Matt Stepp. Okay. This is the Rio Grande Valley's best chance to make a semifinal perhaps in 25 years. Go. Yes, I, I think so. I mean, it's it, – number one, half the – you look at the makeup of the region, and half the region is Rio Grande Valley team. So, the number yes. – your odds are – infinitely higher right yes. right off the bat there and then you add in the fact that you've got i think the two best 6a programs in the rio Grande valley moving down to yep. 5a division one i think adds to that and then you add in you know district i don't think there's a there's a serious challenger in district 13 to to the yeah. for the regional i don't i don't that, that district 13 in, inside of itself is going to be competitive but i don't see any of those teams being legitimate regional contenders I so now you, you basically cross that reach so we really have, you're looking at competing with the two the the the, 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 the schools in district 14 I, I think there is a better than 50 percent chance we get a real grand valley team in a, in a semifinal this year um you know and hell, we, we might get an all real grand valley regional final yeah, I mean that's possible. You know, well, I mean, to, to uh, close, Edinburgh, just, yeah, Edinburgh Vela and PSJ North. Yeah, it, they're, those are two of the top three or four teams in this region. Yes. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, they're going to be really, really talented. Our our early, you know, in the magazine, our early regional ch- uh, uh, pick is Corpus Christi Vets. I. I don't feel great about that at all. I don't feel great about that either. I'm going to be honest. I talking, like talking to people. In, I was down at Corpus Christi during seven on seven, and talking to a lot of folks locally that, that they think Vets is going to struggle. Like they, that, like I, the, the word "struggle" was used with Vets. Wow. Um, and the team that could surge and be in there take take their place could be a team that is moving up a classification, moving up a full classification, four mm-hmm. A Division One to five A Division One. And that's Corpus Christi Miller. Now that's a huge leap. That's a huge leap to go from four A Division One to five A Division One. But a they do it with Laniakism and Jaden Brown and one of the most high flying offenses in the state. They do it with that. And let's be real, they land in a winnable region. They land yeah. in a region that is not going to challenge them the way that, quite frankly, if they were to stick in four A Division One region four. They'd be having to deal with Bernie or, or Canyon Lake, and I'm just saying I'm not yeah. saying those teams are better than them, but like it's at least deeper there. I know? agree. I, yeah, and don't forget the last time Miller was in was in Class Five, they went twelve and one. Yeah. So that was Andrew Body's. Uh, I believe that was his junior season. I think that's so. Right, yeah. They went twelve and one that year and lost to Veterans Memorial in the third round in a epic shootout. So. Uh, they can, they'll be able to compete in this region region without question. But yeah. I, I think – this sounds so weird to say. I think Region 4 runs through the Rio Grande Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Yeah. You got I, Edinburgh Vela who goes 12-1 and one in 6 – they've been the, the dominant 6A program in the Rio Grande Valley the last few years. 
they're they're they they graduate. I tr- John Campbell is a heck of a football coach. I think they just reload. All they do is reload. PSJ North it was ten and three last year, and they bring back a ton. I can't. Yes. I, I don't remember. I, you, you probably can look I've it got, up. They got sixteen starters back from a ten and three ball club in six yeah. A in six A. Then you got Harlingen South ten and one last year. They, they they got the dreaded ten and one, but they were still ten and zero in District sixteen. So you got three teams right there, and that's not even counting Westlaco East Brownsville veterans. Who I think is going to be much improved in year mm-hmm. two running the ground strike offense with Kelly Lee. And then McAllen Memorial is always in the mix. There, there are this is a there, there are five really good teams in the Rio Grande Valley that I think are all solid teams. But I, I so I think the road to the playoff the road to the regional title runs through the valley this year. Can't believe I'm saying that. I, I I'm can't saying it. like but the thing is I can't argue with you because you mentioned it earlier, but District thirteen is the only San Antonio district in five A Division One. And quite frankly, like San Antonio Southwest is the only team that we have in our top forty. Uh yeah. and, and they'll be they'll be the best team in that district, in my opinion. Southwest Legacy, I think, has a chance to make some make some noise too, but they really got hit hard on by graduation on the defensive side. I don't think this is the year for one of the Victoria teams. I mean, you start looking, it's like basically if Veterans Memorial is gonna struggle, like people have said, then it's basically Miller, which it really could be Miller, or it's a team from the RGV. Like yeah. that's just the way it goes. So mm-hmm. um okay. Give me your regional picks and your state champion. Uh, in region one, I'll take Denton Ryan over Alito. Mm-hmm. Uh, going real chalky there. Uh, region two, give me Longview over Mansfield Timberview. Uh, region three, give me Smithson Valley over AM Consolidated. Woo! And in region four, I'm taking Edinburgh Vela over PSJA North in an all Rio Grande Valley. Regional final. Get your tickets now. I don't know where the hell they're going to play that game at, but wherever they're playing that game at, I'm probably going to be there. I mean, I they'd have not... to play. Let's see. McAll- what... McAllen has the biggest stadium in the Valley. I, I, they, 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 they can get 15,000 in there, probably squeeze 15,000 in there, and they could probably bring in end zone seats and get it up to 16, 17,000. What a bonkers atmosphere that would Holy be. Holy cow. Uh, and then state champion? Uh, give me Longview over Smithson Valley. Um, let me just okay. All right, let me. I'll do my regional picks and then I'll get to some final thoughts. Um, I'm gonna go Denton Ryan Region One. Although I really do think Alito could win the region. Like I think people are burying them because they're moving up to D- Division One, and I do have questions at, at the skill position spots for them. But I think I think you doubt them at your own peril. But I do like the, uh, I do like Ryan. I like Longview in Region Two, uh, with apologies to Mansfield Timberview. Um, in Region Three, I'm going to go with A&M Consolidated. I think that A&M Consolidated wins Region Three, uh, although like Manville's the real wild card there, and then it could be College Station. I mean, College Station's got that dude, but I, I think A&M Consolidated is is my pick in Region Three. In Region Four, I like the Raiders of PSJA North. To win Region Four, okay. or not, um, and in a state championship game, I am going to go with Longview over AM Consolidated. I almost did it, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, because because let me just let me just put point to put this out there to you. Let's say 
that Longview wins Region 2 and they win the semifinal over whoever they see from Region 1. And then let's say that Edinburgh Vela or PSJA North make the state championship game. They, they pull the upset. <laughs> they, they, they stun, they stun college station uh, in a, in a region, in a state semifinal at the Alamo dome, uh, stun them. Longview and Edinburgh Vela, how on, on Saturday morning, remember yeah, Saturday yeah. morning at at yeah. stadium, how many people would be there? <sighs> Would there be seventy five thousand people? <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll go conservative and say forty five. Conservative. Yeah, you're probably right. But <laughs> I mean, because look, we know the valley travels really well. Yeah, it's such a long way from I the know. valley. But if, those people are crazy down there. Like they are fanatical. Like I think, and, and the the cool thing about the valley, we talked about this. They. When whoever's left, they all rally behind that team that's left. So that it's AT, there, there is some allure of AT and T Stadium. I think a lot of people would find their way up from South Texas. It would be, it'd be crazy. It, it'd be a talk about it. What if we had South Oak Cliff and Fort Bend Marshall on Friday night, and then Longview and a Valley team on Saturday morning? Oh. Talk about two incredible atmospheres for high school football. Oh, oh. be still my beating heart. Oh, be still my beating it. heart. I want it badly. Yeah. Um, anyway, there it is. Your five A preview. We went for a whole hour and twelve minutes talking about this, so you're welcome. Um, yep. One totally last thing. One more to go next week, Matthew, where we will preview the largest classification, Class Six A. But that is a podcast for another time. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football subscriber and step. Thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week for the Six A preview. Tepid. Tepid.